Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I've got a wonderful journey for you. All week long, we've been working on the basics of why Lifestyles exists, what you need to do to change your life, to get away from quiet desperation. And uh, today, we're going right to the top. I've got Curtis Haynes with us here today. He's one of our mentors out of Houston, Texas, a uh, multifamily mentor. But Curtis has a unique position of having the highest volume of transactions of any of our mentors or any of our members. And so today, what I want to do is I want to go down the trail with Curtis because he's got another unique situation going on in his life. He just had a baby. And now here's this guy that's had a professional wife that always worked and was always busy, never came around because she was doing her own thing. Curtis, who was always working, always busy, doing his own thing, pursuing his life's goals. And, you know, the two of them are going down the road a thousand miles an hour. She's very successful also. And they're going down the road a thousand miles an hour. And then one day, boom, baby comes along. Whole world changes. So with that going on and the fact that he's been the most volume, at least volume-wise successful of all the people in our group, puts him in a unique position to be able to answer some questions for me today. Before we go on and get Curtis on the line, I also want to bring in an individual who I met just the other day who's a beginner member that had the most positive attitude I've ever met in my entire life, and he wrote me just the kindest email in the world. But I'm bringing him on because of his enthusiasm. I mean, how can someone be that excited about life? And so you've got the guys now, myself and Curtis, at the end of the train or the end of the journey. We're there. We've made it. It's over. Let's figure out how we're going to play the game differently. And the person that's at the beginning, welcome to the show, Curtis. Thanks, Dale. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm bringing Paul on because I want to, I want to contrast the difference in positions in life. it's To me, it just blows my mind. This guy is the most excited guy I've ever seen in my whole life. And here we are, and we're in a completely different situation where we're 100% totally satiated as far as what we need in life to survive. You know, what is the new plan? So I wanted to get with you here and have quite a few questions for you throughout this whole show that I want to cover. Um, but to start with, you have done 10,000 plus units 45 different acquisitions, sold off five properties, and refinanced out many, many, many deals to where was actually 15 cash-out refis. That's a tremendous volume of transactions. But I want you to explain to people, what does it really mean to be playing with the house's money? Can you share that with us, please? Yeah, so... For for me, we all we all start at some place, whether whether it's a dollar or two dollars or three dollars. But we all start our journey with a certain amount of money to invest. And so for me, I started with a buck and um, started making my investment endeavors. And over time, with the cash out refinances and the uh, 
passive stream of income that's coming in, coming in from the properties, I kept on reinvesting the funds back into uh, additional uh, income-producing assets, apartments. And so over time, as I keep on adding and adding more and more uh, apartments to my portfolio, using the funds that I received from the cash-out refinances, from the sales, from the quarterly distributions, um, I looked at my bank account and I said, wow, I started with $1 and now I have $5. So if I have if I start with one and now I have five dollars, but, but I own all these properties, then I must have, you know, technically bought all these properties with house money, and that's that's what I mean by that. Well, let's be clear to the audience uh, that you didn't start with a dollar. <laughs> so you started with a good sum of money, and what you're saying is, over the last three or four or five years, however long you've been here, you've taken your net worth and made it fifty times more, huh? Clarify yeah, that it's, for us. it's definitely significantly higher. Yeah, it's definitely net worth wise, definitely significantly higher. Del, I remember in the two day when you had asked us to, you know, take our passive income and divide it by our net worth and tell us what our return on net worth is. You know, mine was point zero 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 one. I had like most people, I my my assets the in my uh, net worth was basically my house, and I had some cash in my bank account. And I had zero uh, passive income other than some small interest and dividends. So, so my net worth going into this uh, adventure uh, was definitely, I would say, subpar. Um, and then leaving you know, near the end of where I'm at today, it's, it's certainly gone, gone up significantly. I also want to bring in an individual who I met just the other day who's a beginner member. And so you've got the guys now, myself and Curtis, at the end of the train or the end of the journey. We're there. We've made it. It's over. The person that's at the beginning. And uh, what really got me, Paul, about the email, welcome to the show, by the way. What really got me about the email was how excited you were about something you were just beginning a journey into. Um, I don't know if there's any way we can replicate the enthusiasm you had in that email. What is it that you're seeing in lifestyles? What is it you're seeing in the communication you and I had there at the dinner? What is it that has got you so excited? It's been a, a very uh, just fascinating experience for me to see the credibility and honesty, and uh, that was actually the for me the uh, the factor for me to join was your uh, just dedication to uh, credibility, integrity. Honesty. That was a really easy, simple decision for me to make the payment for the education that, that uh, I'm uh, entitled to. And it's just a uh, very empowering uh, a tool. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm kind of speechless at this point, but yeah, it's a, it's a life-changing experience for me. And the only thing I can wish, uh, I, I would have done more research and found out about your organization uh, earlier, you know, 10 years before. I'm in my 50s at this point, so I'd like to uh, absorb the knowledge, and and my son is going to be thrilled, I think, to follow in my steps. You're at the beginning of your journey. Curtis and I, we're we're at the the successful end of the journey. We're not done, but we're at the other end. Uh, What are you looking forward to? What's What's your end goal for all this, Paul? Well, my end goal would be uh, to be uh, an operator of a, of a building, which um, I attempted to, to purchase a building and the uh, offer fell through. Uh, thank God it did, because uh, I had no experience and knowledge. And now that I see all the resources and all the people 
behind me. Uh, if I do take that step once I have the education, it would be a lot more easier for me to make that step instead of just a shot in the dark, you know, and hope for the best. Well, we really appreciate you sending me the email, and also we appreciate the enthusiasm you have. And we look forward to having you up there someday to where you're so successful you'll be giving back and mentoring, too. Appreciate the call in, man. I know it's hard just in the middle of the day to make a call, but really appreciate it. Thank you, Dale. Curtis, let's, let's pick this back up here. Um, here you are at the end, or maybe the middle. That's all in how you perceive it, isn't it? <laughs> Stop, stop saying we're at the end, Dell. You're, you're scaring me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the eye of the beholder. And, you know, the bottom line is I thought I was done 10 times. And every time I thought I was done, you come across the reality of, okay, I'm going to cash in all my chips. I'm sitting on the sidelines. I've got enough to live for the rest of my life as a king. But then you sit there and you go, but that's not a part of the, you know, the family office. The family office is to keep the, the money invested, to keep it growing for the family, for the future. And what I'd like to make a point to is that where I think, and I want to get your opinion on this, where I think that what's happened with me is I'm willing to let the money grow exponentially and keep working hard as it can. In fact, I'd like it to work hard as it can, but I'm not willing to work hard anymore. I'm not even willing to work easy anymore. I'm willing to put in a, a, a very minimal amount of effort and time, yet... I still want the money working as hard as I can have it. How do you see that, Curtis? Are, are you where are you at in that curve? Yeah, I, I mean that's a, that's the beautiful thing about about one of the options for uh, folks out there within lifestyles is the passive investing option, where there's just not much work involved other than some basic due diligence on the opportunity and the person. Yeah. So where are you at right now? Are you, are you still are you still churning your money? I'm assume. Yes, yes, and 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 Adele, I think I think part of you know, our conversation is really about what we're ultimately wanting to do, and you know, for you and your story when you're talking about in the two day, and you wanted to, you know, what would it be like to get your first million in in your bank account or make first million um, uh, a year, and and all those things you had in your head you accomplished it was just one you know i call it mountain that you climbed and you got to the top of that mountain you accomplished it and you set another goal and you accomplished it you set another goal and accomplished it and some point in time which i think where you're at and where i'm i'm at is you know there's there's it's there's something else out there and i know for you which is very similar to me is the giving back part because you're you're working very hard on the giving back side uh, giving back to the members, uh, the amount of time, energy, and effort that you dedicate to yourself with what you're doing is not for any money whatsoever. It's purely for the the joy of giving back, and and I think that's the kind of thing that keeps you going. And then you have your stack of of cash that you wanted to generate, and I'm looking at it kind of the same way. I'm I've gotten to the point where. I don't need to work as hard. I want to spend more time with, with my family and, and our newborn. And so for me, and being that uh, trying to go find a deal myself, trying to go run the property myself, trying to be the operator myself, I, I'm pretty much finished with that. And my next thing I want to do is just continue doing investing in real estate, but more on a very, very passive level. And so with the family office concept, it keeps me sharp in a sense that 
I don't get um, relaxed with the cash I have. It's like, okay, I'm staring at this asset. It's not working hard, very hard for me, 1% at best. And so I want to put it to work. And over the last 10 years, the one thing that I feel very, very comfortable with is multifamily properties. I feel like no matter an up or down economy, I, this is one of the things I don't have to time the real estate market like the stock market. I can invest any time because of the kind of assets that we buy, I know is safe. So my principal is going to be safe. It's just a matter of how much money I make depending on where we are in the economy. So I'm just wanting to go all in, Dale. It's like everything I get, I put back in. I live very, very conservatively. I don't need a big house, fancy car. So everything I get is right back into into uh, multifamily properties. Would you consider what you're doing even akin to something called dollar cost averaging? You know, what's crazy about this that I'm personally experiencing that I just I'm trying to put my arms around is the it's more of a snowball effect that's just mind blowing to me because it it, it it's so it gets so much easier and easier and easier as you build layers and layers and layers of properties. So I have forty properties, forty assets out there right now. Curtis, Curtis, let's cut it off right there because they're going to take us to break. I don't want you to get right in the middle of the answer and they turn the music on you. All right. We'll be right back with Curtis Haynes. Sorry about that, Curtis. And the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. A woman came up to me a couple years ago. She goes, you know, Dell, this retirement stuff's great and everything, but I got a problem. I go, what's that? She goes, I married my husband for good, bad, ugly for the rest of our life, better or worse, but not to have him at home with me every day. Get him out of here. Sound like a problem you'd want? Learn how to retire in five years or less. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Curtis Haynes, and uh, Curtis is one of our multifamily consultants. He's also one of our highest volume investors and probably one of the most profitable investors at Lifestyles. And Curtis was, uh, when we went to break, sharing the concept about how it becomes easier the more layers of investments you have. And Curtis, you're calling that the snowball. I'm going to let you pick that back up, but I want to throw in my two cents on that. Is I'm assuming you have so much diversification with all these different properties that if any one of them is having an, uh, a mediocre pay out that month or that quarter or that year, the other ones pick up the pace and you just almost can't miss. Am I, am I figuring that correctly or what? Yeah, I mean, well, yes. Um, if the, some, some may not be performing as well as others, but it's all relative. They're all still cash flow. You know, all of them are cash flow and all of them, all of them are doing very, very well. Some are doing exceptionally well. I mean, the, the, you know, I was thinking about this on, um, during the break is we're actually playing with a stack deck. Here we have an organization that has a roadmap for someone who to joins the group to basically show them everything that they need to do in order to make a business successful. 25 years of the do's and don'ts, here's the roadmap, 
here's the training. If you do this, you'll have, you will uh, improve your chances of being successful. So we have this stacked deck in the sense that we have individuals coming in that are already intelligent or bright uh, folks from, from their previous endeavors um, going into multifamily real estate, following the roadmap, implementing what you're teaching us. And so when I'm investing with someone like that, I know that I, at minimum I'm getting somebody who who knows the, knows the process, knows the business, and has a good chance of being successful. So to me, it's just, it's very, very fascinating when you look, you know, when I take a step back and look at the bigger picture of what we have here within Lifestyles and the opportunity that the average Joe would never have, and that is to be able to put a dollar into an apartment complex. That concept in itself is mind-blowing. But to be able to get a whole bunch of individuals together to put their dollar into a multifamily deal and yet follow the best practices that Lifestyles teaches to give us a better chance of not only uh, succeeding but doing well. And so I feel very comfortable with every investment I make with just a basic um, type of uh, review for myself. You know, do I like the property location? And so if a you know, massive hurricane uh, hits Houston, oh, yeah, it has. Um, are all my properties impacted? via some, right? But nothing devastating, nothing where I'm losing money, right? So um, I, it would take, take something worse than what's already happened in Houston, which has been pretty significant. And so far, I'm still very, very profitable. I'm going to take you a different direction now, because all these things, you know, came up in my mind when I knew you were going to be on the show. And of course, because of where you're at and where I'm at, but let's go back a couple of years previous, and we both found ourselves with cancer. And at the time, I had no will. I had no estate plan. I had my assets just hanging out there. You have 45 different companies of assets. And... Here of late, you and I have decided we're going to start fixing that. So I'm right in the middle of that. I've got it all set up now where I've got trust set up, and then I'm going to have living trust to pick up all the stuff that's left over. Uh, so I've got a you know an asset protection trust, and I've got a living trust that's going to pick up whatever's outside of the trust and turn throw that into another trust if I die. Um, wills. Business plans, you know, a plan for how lifestyles will perpetuate as long after I'm gone, all this stuff we've just I've just started setting up in the last year. And I know you're starting to set the same stuff up, and I know that your trigger is because of your daughter. Like that, boom, that wakes you right up. Um, but I was at the point when I had cancer, I had a daughter, and I didn't even think about that. I felt like if I died, she'd get enough leftover assets, no matter where they flung in from or if they could figure them out or not, that she'd still be better off than anybody else. But my question to you now is, looking back with hindsight, I know that when I first started Lifestyles, people were getting sold these seminars that you need corporations, you need family limited partnerships, you need trust. And they were selling them all this stuff to people who had no assets, which just really irritated me. And I tell people, don't fall for any of that stuff. And so I picked up an attitude that that stuff is irrelevant. What's really relevant is getting out there and creating assets and making money. But now, hindsight being 2020, do you have any insight to where you would have done it differently at what age or what position in your, all of your business? Because you've owned businesses for the last 30, 40 years, whatever it's been. 
Do you see any difference now? You might have done it differently. Yeah, I think I think there's a basic layer of protection that we all need to do, regardless of of where we are in terms of uh, how much assets we have. And so that for sure would have been uh, should have been done right away. So I think for everybody um, having some sort of um, of will and basic estate planning uh, is important. And I think once you start building up your assets and you hit, start hitting the the exemption amounts, which I, you know, I thought it was like five million, I think it's been doubled to ten. I think you mentioned that that's now twenty. I can't, you know, I don't know what the ultimate answer yeah, is. We were both with, wrong on that. We thought the, it, we thought it was five. We thought it got doubled to ten, but it was five if you were single and ten if you were married. You're already married. That really means it's twenty million bucks you can hand off now. Yeah, and I, I think once once an individual starts hitting that threshold, um, then they really need to start getting into the more complex conversations that that you and I are going through right now. And I think the problem with these seminars is that they're um, having these conversations too soon. Um, if you're not if you're not at the exemption amount, um, the the complexity and the cost associated with setting up all the different entities just doesn't make any sense. And the other thing that they try to sell you on are these annuities that are really just so heavily fee-based that uh, at the end of the day, they're just not the right. They're sold as an estate planning tool, and I don't want to give any advice, but just from talking to a lot of other professionals, a lot of these tools are really the, pe- the people who are making the money are the ones selling it to you. So, you know, hindsight-wise, I should have done some basic planning in the beginning, and then I should have started this conversation that you and I have had over the last six months a lot sooner. Yeah, I'm thinking that myself also, but, you know, I guess we weathered it. So it's it's one of those things where, although hindsight's 2020, experience is reality. And so we've made it. Curtis, here for the last segment, I wanted to cover this um, this concept that you had about being safe in your investments throughout the movements of the market. Uh, why are we so insulated from the rest of the world's problems? Yeah, as far as uh, apartments in general, I mean, everybody needs a place to live, right? So um, as the uh, you have these ups and downs in the market in, in general, um, for the most part, we're, everyone's resilient. Houston's resilient. We're, we're not back in the 80s when the oil prices dropped and there were no jobs. So when oil prices dropped uh, back in late 2014, yes, it did have an impact on Houston, um, but we had a pretty div- we have a very diverse uh, economy. So um, we still had folks working, and we still had folks needing a place to to live. And as apartment owners, uh, you get you get insulated from those kinds of ups and downs, uh, which I absolutely love. And we talk about. Um, you know, buying right, how you teach us to buy right on apartments that will make money in an up or down economy. It's just just a matter of how much. And there's a lot of folks that I know outside of lifestyles that were waiting on the sidelines for uh, all of 2015, 2016, and even in 2017, waiting for this quote-unquote correction because the oil prices were were, were dropped, uh, got cut so low and Jobs did get cut in half um, in Houston, and there was this feeling that the Houston market was not going to survive um, with oil prices where they were. And it turns out that um, the folks that were on the sidelines were wrong, and that the, the Houston is resilient. And we did fine in 15, 16, and 17. Uh, we didn't 
hit like these exceptional numbers, but we hit some very, very strong returns, so much so that the uh, sales prices never changed. So if there's anybody that has any doubts in terms of trying to time the market, which you don't have to in real estate, and that's my main point, Dell, is you do not have to time the market when it comes to real estate, unlike stocks. But if you are that kind of person wanting to time it, now's the time, because everyone's thinking that it's going to really look interesting in a, in a good way. So um, a week ago, this article got circulated around about A-class properties are are not as appealing anymore. People are all going back to B and C-class to look for um, better returns, you know, more possible possibilities. Uh, are you believing that? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I, I don't believe in that. The, the bottom line is there's so much pent up demand in terms of money looking for a good return, and we're talking about these institutional funds, these pension funds that are just looking for a, a decent return. And there's there, there's so much money out there looking to invest that um, there's just not enough in the A's for them to to find, and they're just trickling down a little bit. But I, I don't see that as as being too too valid of a point. I think there's just in general um, way too much money on the sidelines and that's part of the reason why I think it's going to be very, very interesting. So I'm going to share a story with you about hindsight being 2020. I remember when I first got in the apartment business, the first one I bought was a 60s construction and when I bought a 1974 construction, a 64 unit, I thought I had died and gone to heaven um, to own something in the 70s. An apartment complex, flat roofs, mansards, the whole bit. But it was my little dream, right? So I bought two more. So I owned three apartments that were all 70s. And I bought two more down the street, owned five that were all 70s. And then when I got to that point where I had like 500 units that were all 70s, I go, you know, my dream is to own a really expensive Class B, something built in the 80s. And what happened was, in 2008, when the recession came, I went out and bought a thousand units worth of Class B in my brain because they were all 80s construction. But by the time I had bought them, they were Class C. And so you can imagine, you guys came in about when that stuff was becoming C's. But for my whole life, that was a dream to own 80s construction. And as you know, 80s construction is completely different than 70s construction. I mean, you go to the pitch roofs, you go to the different wiring, you go to different pipes. It's just completely different. But but the point is, is that I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's stuff now that is built in the 90s that's really still called Class A, but it's 15, actually 20 years old now, almost. 38, you know, whatever, 20, 90s, 2000, be 10, 2000, 18 years old. And there's stuff in the 2005s, the 2010s, the 2015s. And each and every one of those layers is a different layer of Class A, quote unquote. And then there's the 2017s and the stuff to be built now. And, you know, you really think back, and here's the point I'm getting to. When I was buying the stuff that was 70s, it made money. When I bought stuff that was 80s, it makes money. The stuff at 90s makes money. The stuff at 2000. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you've got properties that's just a little bit ahead of the curve? Because all of the superstars were only 10 years ahead of me, if that makes any sense. And so my goal is to be ahead of the curve and to be one of the guys at the front of the line that are feeding the stuff backwards to the guys starting out. 
And that's kind of like my next goal in life is just to get to that next level. Because I know once I get one, you know how it works. Once I get one, I'll get as many as I want. Remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.